Good morning, everyone. My name is Ricky. Welcome to church this morning. As part of our worship every week, we give an opportunity to uh, give our finances to the Lord. And I'm going to just send the baskets through. Um, If you've prepared to give this morning, then you can do that. Uh, If you're a guest with us this morning, please know there's no obligation for you to give. It's something we do as a a spiritual family. So let's, if you want to take what you've prepared to give in your hands, and uh, we can pray for that. Father, thank you for the privilege of giving towards your work on earth today. As a church, we so desire to see the good news of Jesus Christ spread throughout the nations, Lord. And I pray that with every seed that is sown, Lord, that you would give us the the wisdom and stewardship to be able to, to make great use of it. Lord, I pray that you bless those that give faithfully towards your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, leaders. You can, you can take up the offering. Well, folks, we, uh, just a few announcements before we, we get into the word this morning. Uh, for these next two weeks, we started last week, things will be a little bit different in this main service. We've got the kids with us. Can I say hello to all the kids? Are you here? It doesn't sound like you're here. Can I hear you? Yeah, okay. I hope there's some kids there because I've prepared my message for a five-year-old. <laughs> but the kids are with us and it's amazing to uh, have them with us every year. We just uh, It's an opportunity for us to be together as a family in the service. Um, just to let you know, the school is busy with renovations. You may have noticed that the, the staff room is being uh, renovated. There's lots of uh, little bits and pieces outside this corridor here. Uh, so we've closed the side doors. You can just use the, the back doors to enter and exit. And also, unfortunately, we're not sure what has happened, but the power to the TV outside has also been uh, cut off. Our technician, Daniel, was unable to rectify the situation, therefore it must be serious, because Donnie can fix everything. So apologies for that. If you are a mom with a young baby, you can sit at the back there and hopefully hear our voices from from indoor, from inside. Great. Well, our sermon series for this Christmas season is called Unwrapping Christmas, and What we would like to do is to investigate and to to look at the gifts that the, the, the wise men gave Jesus, because there's more than just these gifts that were given to Jesus. We believe that every gift that was given to Jesus by these wise men had a very specific symbolism towards representing Jesus. So with every gift that Jesus received, it, t- it tells us something about Jesus. The wise men were very specific in the gifts that they gave to him. And Christmas is a season here uh, today where there are a lot of different cultures around the world that celebrate Christmas in different ways, but there's one way where most of us celebrate Christmas, and that's with the the giving and the receiving of gifts. So we're hoping through this series to really discover more about who Jesus is through the gifts that were given to him. 
And that's why we've called it Unwrapping Christmas. Let's unwrap the understanding of these gifts. But also, as we understand what the gifts meant to Jesus, Jesus comes and he unwraps our lives. And he shines his light on us and gives us an understanding of who he is in our lives. So the theme for my message this morning is he received incense and we received a priest. I'm going to be getting into the, the, the detail of that, but I've got my little gift here. Pete outdid himself last week. He had three massive gifts, so sorry, children. This is my gift this morning. Just because it's small doesn't mean it's not special, okay? <laughs> Parents, I'm helping you out here. Just because it's small doesn't mean it's not special. Remember that, children. But I'd, I'd like to, it's expensive? Yes. Okay, so um, I'd like to start off with a story from my own life, um, my early memories of Christmas. So I come from a small town in the Eastern Cape called King Williamstown. Any king, uh, king guards out there? Yeah, two. <laughs> Neil's the next closest. Neil comes from <laughs> London, East London. Okay, so. My grandfather, he was a lawyer, but he absolutely loved his sports, and he, he played cricket for Border. At that time, it was a, a province, uh, and he started to sell cricket bats in the window of his law firm, and this just grew into a passion, and he eventually stopped functioning as a lawyer, and he's, he opened a general store in, in town. So... If I had to describe it to something here in Somerset West or down in Strand, it's like Friedman and Cohn. Have you guys been there? It's like a family business, but with everything. Uh, sports equipment, uh, radio and TV, uh, clothing. So the business grew, and my, my dad and my uncle got involved with the business, and then my mom married my dad. She got involved with the business, and my mom started a toy department in the general store. Yes, we loved that. Every Sunday, my mom and dad had to go cash up uh, at the business, so we would all go along and spend about 10 hours in the toy store. It was just beautiful. So one of the things that my grandfather started is he gave people in our community the opportunity to buy their presents get them wrapped, and leave them with the toy department. And then we would go and deliver them on Christmas morning. So my grandfather dressed up as Santa Claus, and all the, the grandchildren, myself, my, my brother, my sister, never made it that early, but all, and the cousins, we would help Santa. We were his, his little helpers. So, I mean, he went all out. The kids, the people, he, he sorted out his vehicle. It looked like a sleigh. You know, he had the bell, brass bell. I mean, it was, it was amazing for this little town of King Williamstown. So we would start at about half past four on Christmas morning. We had about 200 gifts every year that we would have to deliver. And our goal was to try to be finished by lunchtime. We would go, we would sort them out, pack them in the vehicles. There were about two to three vehicles that went out with two Father Christmases, and we would deliver these gifts to the children in our town. I mean, it was, it was amazing. For us at that age, we just thought it was normal. 
you know, it's Christmas, let's go give people gifts. And um, just a very fond memory. So the reason I'm telling this story is because there was this one year when we arrived at this house. And uh, at that time, I think it was my, my brother who was Santa Claus that, that year. He got out and we had the gift for this specific house and it was a bicycle. So out it went, Santa Claus knocked on the door, woke everyone up. And now this is like 6 a.m. on Christmas morning. The kids are awake. The, the parents are half asleep. Kids come out screaming and shouting, Santa's yeah! You know? We deliver the gift. And then everyone's happy, hugs and kisses. We get back in the car and we drive off. And as we drive off, there's this other child that comes running behind the vehicle. Like Dash, and we're like, hey, but... And we put two and two together. This was one of the siblings of the household. He didn't get a gift. So his brother got it. This little guy comes running behind us, crying. And we're like, wow. Well, why would a parent buy a gift for one child and not the other? Anyway, we had quite a busy schedule, so we kept going. At the end of the day, (laughs) we were busy. We had 200 other children to make feel happy. (laughs) So we get to the end of our rounds, and there's this one gift left in the corner of, of the truck. And we're, we're, going through our, we're going through our papers, just thinking, where, where did we miss this? And then we realized it was for this house that we had missed this kid. So we drove all the way back. Santa Claus got out. This little boy was not impressed. You know, he was like, thank you for my present, you know. Off he went. Anyway, it was, it was very funny at the time. I hope it wasn't too traumatic for the child. But that was, um, that was my fondest memories of Christmas. It wasn't just the, the, the receiving of the gifts. It was the giving. And it's always been something that we've, we've loved doing as a family, is to, to not just receive but give. I want to read from Matthew 2, verse 9 to 11. That's the, the portion of scripture we have for this series. So, the wise men have come from the east, and they have been to see Herod, and they've, just, they've, they've declared, where's this king of the Jews? We're looking for him. And then they headed off to Bethlehem. So, from verse 9, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen, when it rose, went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now what I would like to do is just take a few before I actually get to the gift of frankincense, which is the gift that I'm doing today, um, I want to just go through a few of the, the verses that lead up to, to discussing the frankincense. It was just in my preparation, I, I came across a few amazing just thoughts with regards to the scripture. So the wise men came from the east and they came to Jerusalem. I've included some pictures today so that I can hold the children's attention for that period of time. Now, would anyone, children, 
Would any of you like to guess how far do you think the wise men traveled? Any guesses? Very far. That's a good answer, but I want specific in kilometers. Any guesses? Rosie? Take a guess. One mile. No. <laughs> they didn't travel one mile. They traveled 400 miles. 650 kilometers. With all the information that they have, uh, all the historians, they believe it was about 650 kilometers on a camel. How many of you have ridden a camel? Is your bum still the same? Yeah? I, I can ride a bicycle for three Ks and it's painful. But a camel, can you imagine traveling on a camel for 650 kilometers to deliver a gift to someone that you don't know is going to be there who you have never met before? Can you imagine that? That's like traveling from here to Port Elizabeth on a camel. That's quite a long way. We've got takealot.com today. If we want to deliver a present to someone far away, you go to takealot. You don't even think of traveling today. But these men were so uh, passionate about seeing the king of the Jews, they were willing to travel about 650 kilometers. And guess what the Bible says is when they actually found the star and they came to the place where Jesus was, what does the Bible say? They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Isn't that amazing? They weren't even Jews. Jesus was declared and, and the prophecy was he was the king of the Jews. They, the, the wise men were considered Gentiles, non-Jews. So they, Jesus wasn't even their king. But they came to, to, to pay their, their dues to him and just to worship Jesus for who he was as king. They didn't get off these camels and just think, yes, see, finally, can we just get this over with? Give the gifts and let's head back home. No, they were invested in this trip. The second verse is they opened their treasures. So I've thought about this. I don't think, I don't think the wise men had a little gift like this each on the back of their camel and they traveled like this. I think they had treasure chests. They opened their treasures. So I think maybe had each guy each wise man had camels with treasure chests on them. And when they saw Jesus and when they understood the moment, I think they opened up their treasures and they scratched through all of their, the riches that they had. And it wasn't their leftovers. I think it was the best of the best that they had. They wanted to give Jesus the absolute best. I can, I can picture the... <clears throat> Them finding the gold and finding the frankincense and just thinking, this is the best that I've got. I want to give this to baby Jesus. Isn't that an amazing picture? Are we exceedingly joyful when we open our treasures when we give to Jesus? We had an opportunity to give to Jesus this morning. When we give, whether it's of our time, our talents, our resources, our finances, are we exceedingly joyful? 
They offered him gifts. And last week, Pete started by uh, speaking on the gift of gold. And gold represented Jesus as a king. It declared his kingship right from birth. And these gifts, as I mentioned, they, they give us an understanding of who Jesus was. But in return, we should respond in a certain way because of the gifts. If Jesus was given gold, which declares that he's a king, how should we respond? We should respond as his, he's the king, we are his subjects. We, he is our, he, he, he is the one who leads us. He's the one who reigns over us. But it's very difficult to lead someone if you don't follow well. So because Jesus is my king, I want to follow him well. And the, the, the gifts that the, um, the wise men gave to Jesus help us understand how we should respond back to Jesus. So I'm going to need someone to help me. Would anybody like to open this gift? Come, Zander. I know Uncle Pete gave all his gifts away, but I can give this to you at the end of the service. Is that fine? Okay. Do you know you can tell a lot by a person, of a person, by the way, they open a gift? Or maybe Zander's just been polite. Okay, what you got there? A, um, a cash. A candle. Would you like to smell it? It smells good. It smells good. Okay. Thank you, Zander. If you would like this gift, you can have it afterwards. Thank you, Zander. <laughs> so... I don't think the gift of frankincense looked like this when the wise men gave it to Jesus, but this is the closest thing I could find. I tried to find an aerosol spray also, but they don't sell frankincense aerosol. <laughs> I was wanting to fill this room with a beautiful aroma. I need some help lighting the match. Mikey, can you help me? No pressure. Mikey, you can light that for me. So what I did find was I did find some frankincense, which is in oil form. <laughs> Mom, maybe you can come help. Okay, thank you, Mikey. So, let me tell you a little bit about frankincense, because some of us might not know what it is. So, frankincense was, they, they retrieved it from a tree, and what they would do is they would have to scrape the bark away from the tree, and then this gum would drip out of the tree. Have any of you done that before? Children, have you gone and hacked your parents' garden and you've got some sap out of a plant somewhere? Yes? No? <laughs> okay. 
So I know there's some trees that, that give off more gum than others, and what would happen is this gum this would become hard, it would form a resin, and then they would go and break off the resin and collect it, and that's what frankincense is. Frankincense was then used, they would burn it using a flame, but what they would do is maybe you have a copper plate here with that in here, and then this incense would be given off. And in the Middle East uh, and in Africa, it was a, an incredibly expensive commodity. So it wasn't very cheap. It was used when uh, people were worshipping gods, and it was used at times uh, <clears throat> for very important times. So we start to ask the question, why why did the wise men give frankincense as a gift to Jesus? Well, let's try and answer that. Frankincense was also used in the temple worship in the Old Testament. So, parents, I might need you to help me uh, expand on this when you get home with your kids later. But before Jesus came, children, the way that people used to worship God is they used to come together in a temple and there were many rituals that they had to follow. They would have to slaughter an animal. They would have to sprinkle the, the blood on the altar. They would have to wash their hands. They would have to burn some incense. And this was all a, a picture of, of us saying sorry to God for our sins and God forgiving us. And part of that sacrifice Part of the sacrificial system included the burning of incense. And it was seen as a very important part in, in the sacrificial uh, system. So therefore, we can see, because the priests used frankincense, it points towards how the priest functioned in that time before Jesus came. It was a picture of what Jesus would become as a priest. Now, are there any children who would like to smell what frankincense smells like? I'm actually going to ask a few of you. Why don't you come to Auntie Mish? She's going to put some on your hands, and I want you to take it back to your parents. So please come forward. I promise you it doesn't smell bad. So this is what frankincense smells like. And remember, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, it wasn't so much an oil. It was, a, it was like an incense that was burnt off. And here's another very interesting fact that I came across. They didn't, when they were making sacrifices, it wasn't just any incense that they used. They had to use pure frankincense. And in Exodus 30, 34, we read about that. The only incense and frankincense that was allowed was this pure, pure frankincense. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture? It points forward to Jesus, who was holy and pure. Jesus was the only sacrifice that God would receive in order to forgive us of our sins. And frankincense, frankincense, this pure frankincense, shows us the picture of who Jesus was to be. He was going to be this offering for our sins. So 
I've mentioned to you the high priest, okay? Let's talk a little bit about the high priest. You'll see a picture come up. And that's what the high priest looked like in the Old Testament times. He had very specific clothes that he had to wear. Every part of his uniform was very symbolic. And he had to do everything according to the rituals that God had told them what, what to do. So where did all these rituals come from? Moses spent some time in the mountains. <clears throat> we read in Exodus with God. And God gave him a pattern. He told him, this is how I want you to function as a people when you come before me. They couldn't just come before God the way that we come before him now as we've done today. They had to go to God through the priests. And that was, that was actually the high priest there. He would go into this tent. They called it the place of meeting, the tent of meeting when they were out in the wilderness. And he would represent the nation of Israel before God. And he, again, he had to sacrifice an animal. He had to sprinkle the blood. He had to make sure he was clean. He offered this sacrifice to God. He, he lit the incense and the one or two other things he did. And then he would go into the middle part of the tent, which was called the Holy of Holies. And that's where he would meet with God. And he would speak to God on behalf of the people. The people couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. It was the high priest who had to go and do that. Now this again, when God spoke to Moses, it wasn't something that he just decided to do just out of the blue. It was like, okay, let's, let's do something sacrificial. It was very specific. It pointed forward to the role that Jesus would play. And if we look then at what Jesus fulfilled when he came here to earth, he, he didn't just become part of this earthly system. He replaced it. He fulfilled it. When Jesus died on the cross, that was the last time that a sacrifice had to be given to God. He bled, he died for us, which was a picture of how the lambs were sacrificed in the past. Can, can you see the connection? Children, I hope you are understanding this. And Jesus became our high priest. Jesus became the person that we could get access to the Heavenly Father. I'm going to read from Hebrews 8. And if you as a family would like to do some further study around this, then go and read Hebrews 7 and Hebrews 8, also in Hebrews 4. It talks about how Jesus is our high priest. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 8, verse 1 and 2. Now the main point is what has been said in this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary, and in the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched, not man. Jesus comes to make his residence in our hearts. We are the tabernacle of God. We are the temple. And he wants to come and reside in our lives. And children, if I can help you understand this, 
Isn't that a beautiful picture? No longer do we have to wait until someone can lead us into the presence of God. Jesus came to do that for us. No more rituals. For me, when I was just thinking about this gift of, of in frankincense and just what Jesus has done for me, it, it speaks to me about relationship. Jesus so desired to get us back into relationship with God that he gave his life. No, no longer do we have to you know, follow a set of rules. It's, I, I see a God who absolutely loves me and who loves us and who put a plan together in order for us to get back to the Heavenly Father. As I conclude this message, I want to make reference back to the, to the wise men. They didn't just give Jesus three gifts. They gave him four gifts. Would anyone like to guess what the fourth gift might be? Parents, you can help your children if you want to. There's someone at the back there. Love? That is amazing. They did. Worship. The wise men didn't just give Jesus a tangible gift and then feel like their job was done. It says that they fell down and they worshipped. So not only did they give these gifts, they gave their lives. And this gift of incense reminds us that we should give everything to our Lord. When they bowed down, it was a representation of how royalty was honored in that day. And not just royalty, but deity. Deity is a fancy word for gods. The, the, the adults would bow right down with their faces of the ground to worship a king or a god. So the wise men... They gave Jesus their gifts, but they also gave him their lives. I want to finish by reading the scripture from 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. It says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in the triumphal procession. And through us, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Not only do we smell how beautiful Jesus is in our lives? But Jesus has asked us to be a fragrance for him. The way that we live our lives is the way that other people would enjoy Jesus. Perhaps your life is the only experience of Jesus that other people would have. And God has really encouraged us to live a life that is worthy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Won't you bow your heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your son Jesus. Thank you that we can celebrate him in this season. I pray that we would not just go through the motions of Christmas and not really take note of things because We've done it so many times, but I pray that you would really speak to us this season. Help us to understand who Jesus is through the gifts that were given to him. Lord, thank you that this frankincense 
reminds us of Jesus being our high priest. Thank you, Jesus, that we never, ever have to go through any rituals or give any sacrifices ever again in order to get to our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you have done that for us. And the only thing that you require from us is the gift of our lives. I pray, Lord, that our lives would radiate your love this season as we meet with family and friends who might not know you. Give us an opportunity to share Jesus with them. And whether it be just by the way we live our lives and the way that we, we act, then that is a great testimony to you. But we pray, Lord, that this would be a great incense to those around us. Lord, I pray for every family that is represented here, especially the children, Lord. Give us all an, a greater understanding of the gift that you are to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.